0: Hey, how's it going? Scott here from com, and I'm here with another episode of the Scott's Bass Lessons podcast and I'm super over the moon to say that today we have got the amazing, the awesome Todd Johnson with us. Now, Todd, I've been following Todd for, man, since my early 20s, really, really just after I started playing bass and have just found that he's... Such an inspirational guy, but also just a fantastic educator as well. You need to check his website now. I'll put the links to that in the show notes. So make sure you check out the show notes and there'll be videos of Todd as well, so you can check out them. I'll put some lessons. And remember, guys, if you're an Academy member, Todd is a super-frequent visiting faculty member in the Academy over at Scott's Bass Lessons. We do live stream seminars with Todd all the time, where he talks about walking bass and soloing and chords on bass and the full shenanigans. And if you are an Academy member, you can go to the, the seminar archive... And just check out all of the past seminars that he's done as well. They're really, really great. He's such a great educator. I can't say enough about Todd. He's just such an amazing dude. Now, also a huge shout out to all the kind messages we've been getting about iBase Magazine, which is the new publication that is coming from Scott's Base Essence every month. If you haven't already checked it out yet, go over to iBasemag.com. And you'll be able to check out the brand new Will Lee issue that we've got. It's super cool. And running to the end of July, which is just obviously a few days from now, we've also got a killer deal going on where you can get an annual subscription for two iBase magazine, which is obviously um, will give you twelve issues moving forward from when you subscribe, and one each month. You can get that annual subscription for under twenty four dollars a year. a year, so I think it works out to sort of like less than $2 a month or something like that. Oh, wait, well, yeah, it would be around $2 a month, wouldn't you? Sorry, my math is terrible. Um, yeah, so if you haven't checked out iBase yet, just go to iBassMag.com and you'll find it there. Now, if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, I'll send you all of my bass love if you subscribe and leave a review, as that really helps us get the word out about these interviews, guys. And I really think there's so much to be learned from listening to great bass players, such as the guests that we have on the show. And if you're listening to this anywhere else other than scottsbasslessons.com, make sure you shoot over to the site and check out the show notes for this episode as I've put some fantastic videos up of Mo in there so you can check those out, okay? Now, if you're completely new to Scott's Bass Lessons, go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit, okay, scottsbasslessons.com Forward slash toolkit. I put some really cool video resources that you can download on there and check out. Like a base buyers guide. We've got um, a video where I talk about how to get gigs, great gigs, wherever you are in the world. So if you're moving to a new city or you're trying to break into the scene where you are, I will give you some great tips for that. We've got a understanding the modes mini course. We've got a back in track library. There's loads of stuff in there. It's totally free for you to download. Just go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit. And also, remember, if you're an Academy member over at scottsbasslessons.com, you can watch the entire video version of this interview as well. Okay, we filmed the entire thing as we do with all our podcasts. We film all of them. And if you're not already an Academy member, just go and check it out over at scottsbassessence.com. In a nutshell, it's the best online learning platform for bass players in the world the step-by-step courses, live seminars every week, the largest online-based educational community in the world, and those guys are so, so supportive, and tons more, the whole nine yards. And we have a completely free 14-day trial for you as well, so you can take it for a test drive just to see if it's for you, and if you find it isn't, no sweat, you can cancel your account within the click of two buttons. Now, without further ado, let's get into the interview hey guys how's it going scott again here from the sbl podcast and obviously scott's bass lessons Um, i'm here with the amazing todd johnson super super stoked to have you on todd with us today i've been a huge huge fan of yours and you're playing your educational materials your books your videos for man since my 20s so early 20s so maybe like 17 years or something like that i've been checking your stuff out ouch (laughs) <laughs> not to make you feel old Todd don't worry <laughs> but seriously like you've got some great stuff and uh, like, like the, my favourite educators that I um, that for me that really moved the needle for me was you um, and probably Ed Friedland yeah. and, and Gary Willis actually we'll talk about that later because we've got kind of common, common ground with Gary Willis but yeah. obviously you're a fantastic bass player now You know, world-renowned educator. But how did you even get into the bass? Tell me about young Todd, who didn't even know
1: what a bass was. Um, uh, I I played, my mom says I wanted to learn to play guitar when I was six. I don't remember requesting that. That's what she tells me. Uh, uh, They got me some guitar lessons. I did that for a while. Fourth grade, I was lucky enough to be in a school band program, played trumpet. Um, I was the kid that actually took the trumpet home and practiced, kind of weird, and uh, um, and did that through a sophomore year of high school, kind of dabbled around with the guitar. I had one, you know, and learned some Peter, Paul, and Mary tunes, and, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, I learned, I, I remember learning American Pie, bye, bye, miss America, and that was like the coolest thing. That's how old I am. That's when that came out. Hey, man, so, I love that. I love uh, Don McLean. Yeah. 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 So. So did that, and then uh, sophomore year of high school got braces switched to tuba. Now, I was a pretty decent uh, trumpet player, and nobody told me because I went to a small farm town. I mean, I had a graduating class of 50. There were 250 kids in the whole high school. Small farm town. Had one stoplight in the whole town. What? Yeah, yeah. Small little eastern Washington farm town. And, and I had a great band director. he was the band and choir guy and, and he instilled a love and hard work and, and he, he was terrific and he's still a friend to this day and and uh, Pat Castro's his name and he's retired now but uh, anyway uh, uh, nobody told me that playing trumpet exercises on the tuba was hard. So because it had it was just a, to me it was just a bigger mouthpiece yeah. and it still had three valves. I played a sousaphone because that's all the school had. So I just kind of went in while I was learning to switch from treble to bass clef. I just went in and learned to play. You know, I I just learned to play those trumpet exercises on that big mouthpiece. Well, I didn't know that was hard, so I just did it because that's what I did on on the trumpet. And I'd been playing the stupid tube for like six months and I made all state and all northwest. And my junior, I got to go to Europe for the summer and I was a uh, honorable mention high school all-american as a senior wow. i had tuba scholarships out the wazoo to go to college it was just crazy i didn't know what i was doing you know i just i, I it was one of those cases when nobody tells you that it's hard You just do it you just did I it remember, yeah, yeah i remember i remember showing up to washington state university and one of their honor camps and i did this stuff and and the guy goes you're not supposed to be able to do that that's that's really hard who sure <laughs> did that i said i don't know that's just stuff i used to play on the trumpet i don't know you know you and, and, passed it was, it
0: from one instrument to the next yeah
1: yeah, it was crazy, So, but but somewhere around my, uh, between, I remember working all summer between my junior and senior year, and uh, uh, saved some money, and I got my first bass, because, you know, I wanted to learn to play China Grove, man, you know, Smoke on the Water, and those, those were hits back then. You do you know?
0: think because you were playing tuba, it was like, well, this is a bass instrument, that's yeah. a bass, that looks cooler than this, let me do, yeah, was it that kind of thing?
1: And 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 there's nothing cooler than when you're 16, 17 years old and you get together a bass player, a bad bass player, a bad high school guitar player, and a bad drummer get together and eke out something that resembles a, a tune people recognize. Yeah yeah, man, yeah, yeah, You're the coolest thing going, man. And so I, I thought that was great, and we decided. uh as a group, my senior year, and this, is, this is, tells you about my band director and that work ethic. There was enough of us who were willing to work at it. We formed a stage band, which is what we call a jazz band or something like that. Yeah. And, and it wasn't in the budget. There was no hour for it or anything. So we all came in at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturdays. We all gave up our Saturday mornings. Our teacher came in for no pay, and he yeah. said, if you guys show up and work hard, I'll do this. Otherwise, don't waste my time. Well, we all showed up like nobody's business. Put together a a, a a stage band, and and I we played everything from Duke Ellington to Disco Inferno. Man, it was awesome. <laughs> and and I learned to take my tuba reading and put it together on the on the electric bass. I my first bass was a Honer four string, and my amp was a Fender Bassman fifty. How old were you at this point? I'm seventeen years old. Seventeen, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it was awesome. And so when I went to college, I had a tuba scholarship and I, and, and when I got to, uh, you know, going, going from Eastern Washington to Spokane, which was the, you know, the biggest city in Eastern Washington. Yeah. Uh, uh, the community college I went to was, had a big band. And I remember, you know, I, I was playing in the wind ensemble and the orchestra and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I was interested in trying to, you know, playing the in the jazz band. Well, this jazz band's full of like community guys who are pros who are just keeping their reek <laughs> yeah, chops together. Yeah, and so it was like I got my butt handed to me really fast. But it, I just went, "Oh my god, this is the coolest stuff I ever heard." And I had older guys that were you know twenty four and twenty five. Well, when you're nineteen, they're the coolest guys on the planet, and they <laughs> yeah. and they played they played gigs. And they had experience, and and I was lucky. I, I had I, I had some great people that took me under their wing and kicked my butt and showed me what work was about and all that stuff. And you know, and then after that, it's like joining bands and then getting an opportunity to go on the road. And and next thing you know, you're 55, and and, and you, you say I'm <laughs> an educator and a good player. I I don't know. It, it it's a blur. But when but, well, but
0: when because obviously like you went to MI, didn't you? Musicians yeah. Institute. Where did that connection come from? From that, you know, you were um, in college studying music. When did you get go to MI? Was that a so,
1: direct route from one to right, the other? Well, or? what happened was, I, I went. I went to a junior college. I had a tuba scholarship to a junior college. Me and my best buddy from high school got together and got an apartment, and he went and studied electronics across on the east side of town, and I went and studied uh, music on the at the community college on the west side of town, and. I, I, I kind of was on the, the three-and-a-half-year junior college program, which is normally a two-year program. I was there three-and-a-half years, and I never got a degree because all I did was take music classes. <laughs> and I did not have the foresight and the discipline to, to jump through the general gen eds, the, the math and the science and all that stuff because yeah. I was just so bug nuts hungry – To learn how to play music, and I knew for me at that time I couldn't see the value in it. So I spent all my time in the music building. They couldn't get rid of me. I might as well just slept there, and and uh, um, and so I did that for three and a half years, and then I went on the road, and I wound up in Las Vegas. And I'm playing there, and I'm working. So, I'm working as many hours as you can work in Las Vegas and, and survive. What, what,
0: what year I was mean, this in when you, when you got to th- Vegas? I was
1: there from like eighty
0: four to eighty nine. And what was the scene like when you got there? Was there a, obviously like tons of shows, right? Live yeah, there, there were
1: lots of shows and lots of lounge work, and uh, uh, and I, I did mostly lounge work and some shows. Yeah, and. Uh, um, Man, you know, it, it was a great time because I, it was an opportunity to work out all the information that I had gathered in college. Yeah. And then, at a certain point, you know, I, I had a house gig at Caesars Palace, and we used to be able to go backstage and watch all the great acts that came through, like Diana Ross and Chicago, and, I mean, all these, just yeah. Willie Nelson, I mean, everybody came through and played Caesars. And um, I, and those guys would come in the lounge, and you get to meet all those guys, and and... And, and I, I, I was at that point where I was like, well, what do I got to do to get from here to that, that. showroom and yeah. playing with these people who make the hits rather than people who reproduce them? And frankly, just move up and, I, I don't know, uh, financial stature. Yeah, it wasn't about, i never been motivated by, I want to be famous or I, I want to be cool. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I just I just wanted to do higher caliber work. And and. And I couldn't figure out what, what the difference was between me and the way I played and those guys that played in those big shows. And were you like but, early 20s at this point? Yeah, yeah, mid-20s. Mid-20s, yeah, know. yeah. Uh late 20s. I was 29 when I started September of 90 uh in uh, uh at, at MI.
0: Yeah.
1: So um so so you well, were working I, I, as a pro musician before you went oh, to eh, MI, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was literally the last six months when I decided I was going to go to school. I mean, I had an epiphany one night. I was playing, and and, uh, and 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 I'll share I'll share this personal story with everybody. You know, I I had a house gig at Cedars Palace. I was renting out my PA to just a couple of bands. I was making a bunch of money. I, I was as busy as anybody in town. Yeah, you know, and and. Uh, uh, and I was working doubles. I was working Caesars 6 to 11. And then I'd jump in the car and run over to the, the, the Continental and work midnight to 5. What? And I did that seven nights a week. Okay, It's crazy. So I was making money hand over fist. And I was in my late 20s. And I could just play all night. I could just play all night long. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, one night... After the first set, so it's like gotta be around seven o'clock. And now mind you, I gotta play till five o'clock in the morning. I went up to the bar on the break and I ordered a beer and a shot. And while they were getting my uh beverages for me, I uh I had this moment, this epiphany, and I realized I didn't order that drink because I was thirsty, I didn't order it because I was an alcoholic, I didn't order it because I was just felt like partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ordered, I, I ordered it because I ordered it because I was bored.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I just needed to dull it or put a challenge between me and just doing this music by the pound. And what? And and the reason for that? There wasn't anything wrong with the work. The work was great. And it was honorable, and I worked with great people. But I didn't know how to learn anymore. Yeah, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I couldn't figure it out. And you and kind I kind
0: of hit a, my, hit a brick wall, kind of thing, and you yeah, big time.
1: Yeah. And, and that's when videos started to come out and, and I, I bought everybody's videos and I bought all the books and I was just stuck and I was, and I was willing to work hard, but I didn't know how to do it. And, and it was interesting that night when I ordered that drink, the guy, the guy, uh, he put the beer in the shot up there and I paid him for it. and I just walked away. Really? And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I so walked, it was like I, one
0: of them life changing moments. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it really was. Uh, and, and I, I, I went home and I thought about it and this sounds so corny. But I literally opened up like it was the first or second issue of Bass Player Magazine. I might even still have it. Okay. I remember it had an article with Bob Magnuson. Wow. Cool. who turned out to be one of my teachers?
0: And I really? opened it up and, and there was an
1: ad for BIT. Yeah. And Jeff Berlin and Steve Bailey and Gary Willis and Bob Magnuson and Putter Smith and all the great guys there. And, and it was like, those guys know how to do what. I I have to learn how to do, not want to, I have to learn how to do this. And it was like, at that point, it was like blinders on and I just, I sold everything I had. Everything I had at that point fit in my van. Wow. And I I, I worked every job, got rid of all my PA, all that kind of stuff. I got rid of everything, man. And I, loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly, man. I, I, went, to, I went to MI and, and went in as a student and was determined to find out what I didn't know and how to learn it and how to progress forward. And I found that out really quickly.
0: <laughs> man, I, th- I think this is really interesting because there'll be a lot of... I think that must have taken incredible guts to do that, right? To just to leave your life as it was, tons of gigs happy, making enough money to actually just leave that and go into the unknown. And I I feel that a lot of people get to this point where they have that choice to do it, right? Yeah. And they may do it and they may not. What for you was it that really just drove you to do it? Was it just something you had to do? And how did it feel taking that jump, that leap? Did you think, oh, I'm putting everything on the line?
1: Well, um... One, all signs pointed to it. As soon as, soon as I saw that, and it was like I just knew, I, I knew I had to go. That, that's where the answers were, that I needed. Yeah. And so it was just like a, one. It was a weight off my shoulders. I applied for a grant thinking there's no way I'm going to get it, and I got a grant. <laughs> Which means I did. That's like a loan that you don't have to pay back. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. Okay, that covered three quarters of my tuition. Now I still had to live in, in Hollywood and, and eat and yeah. insurance and all that stuff. So, but uh, 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 that was kind of like a sign in a way. And, and 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 I, you know, you have to know that half, at least half, the people that I said, man, I'm going to school, you know, I and 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 half the people said, what are you crazy? Man, you're like one of the busiest cats in town. You're walking away from a house gig and anything and everything you want to do and great money. And what? What? I mean, what are you going to learn in school that you aren't already doing? Yeah, yeah. And I said, one, I'm going to learn how to realize my potential because I, I, I want to be able to do more than this. There was all these things I heard so many great musicians doing on records, and I could copy it, but I didn't know why they were doing that. Yeah, yeah. I was a good copyist. I wasn't a good creator at that point, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And and I knew there was a bunch of stuff that I could fool people on, but I didn't know what I was doing. Were well, you, you kind know? of
0: sort of like you learned by emulating other bass players, so you could actually do it, but you didn't yeah. actually know the ingredients that were going in the cake to make the cake?
1: Absolutely, I mean that's that's a perfect analogy, yeah, and yeah. it's like like you've done this before, I think. It's <laughs> <you>? like absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so so and then the other half, that people said get the hell out of here. This will be the best thing. They said, you've hit the ceiling. You're not going to grow anymore here. Keep yeah. going. You're 29 years old. If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. And then, believe me, in Las Vegas, I saw enough guys and I always said that their collars just got bigger and bigger and they, they become alcoholics or drug addicts or gambling addicts or they just become pissed and jaded, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just start to hate music and they play music like they hate it, yeah. even though they're great players. And, and I just thought, What's the worst thing that could happen? I go away for a year and come back and get my gig back? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Man.
1: I, I mean, if they'll take me now, if I'm the flavor of the month now, and if I go learn how to play a whole lot better, what, they're going to shun me? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. You know. And so I thought, I'm going to go now while I have this opportunity. Otherwise, I'm going to get married, which I wound up doing. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And going back to school and being married at my age and our financial situation <laughs> would not have been possible. Uh, so... It turned out to be, you know, the right move. And and as as uh, good fortune would have it, I had Gary Willis. Here's a nice segue. Uh, Gary Willis turned out to be my private teacher. Now I got to go steal stuff from, you know, Steve Bailey and Jeff Berlin and Bob Magnuson and Putter Smith, Lexus Crespi. I mean, just all the cats that were there. Tim Bolger, goodness sakes, you know. I mean, just all these just legendary, world class. Cream of the crop, LA cats, all either taught there or were there on a semi-regular basis in one yeah, form or yeah, another, yeah, and, yeah. and and it had was you like, have you been I, listening to these guys before a you lot got of them? Yeah, 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 and and, uh, and and so there was also the guitar faculty guys, you know, Ron Escheti and Joe Diorio and the jazz guys. I I really wanted to learn how to figure that stuff out because. I mean, I could look at the real book and listen to recordings and going, well, that's close, but that ain't what those guys are playing, that crap in that real book. There's yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on, and I don't know how and or why they would do that, but what they're doing is way hipper than what I see in that book. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, so I got to learn to play the bass good enough to go hang with those really great guitar guys, and, and you know I got hooked up with Ron and, and Who you still play with up. now, right? Well... <laughs> yes but uh, we haven't played together in almost two years just because you know he lives in LA and I live here in Phoenix and and it's it's hard for him to get away and I've got so darn much work going here in Phoenix that it's stupid for me to leave very often you know (laughs) that so so uh I I, we still talk to each other every couple of months I, I I love him as much as I love any human being other than maybe my wife and my parents but but uh uh so yeah, we I play with him every day in my head, you know. Man, there's um, some
0: great videos of you playing with his trio, man, on YouTube. I'll put them in the show notes for everybody to check them out. Cool. Um, well, yeah, that
1: that was a while ago, you know. And, and when you get to play with a guy like that, I mean, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I, I I have perseverance, man. And 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 I'll work at something a long time. I don't know if I have good patience, but I have perseverance, right? <laughs> and, and and uh uh and I, I'm so indebted to Ron for him uh, just being patient with me. But when you have a guy that that played with, traveled with Ray Brown and Milt Jackson and all those cats, you know, um, I got a – I Yeah. I mean, I got you know they talk about six degrees of separation. Yeah. yeah I got yeah. a whole bunch of first degree of separation with between me and Ray Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 so. And, and Ronnie is just telling me stories about them just going and having lunch and stuff, you know, and and chord changes and and the behind the scenes stuff that I can't repeat in this interview, you know, and <laughs> stuff. Like that. So, so I, I mean, that that to me was so exciting, and to have a guy like that play stuff at me. I mean, I sat next to him two, three nights a week for 22 years, and it's just play when you if you sat next to Joe Pass uh, every week for 22 years, you're going to you're so absorb some of that, yeah, and it's gonna just so going to come out in. Absolutely, man. Yeah. So, so I, I got to go to a graduate school that very few will ever get to attend, and so it it it, it blessed me and it cursed me.
0: <laughs> so, when when you got there, what was the experience like? Were you like in your late twenties? So I'm guessing that you were really serious about the work that you were going to do there. I, I, like if, if I went to I went to, um, I went to music school way later in life, um, to get my degree, like kind of around, like late twenties. And uh, if I'd gone when I was like 17, 18, it would have been a disaster. I don't think I would have ever made it into a class cause I was just a wild kid. Right. And I expect if you were going, you know, to somewhere like MI with all those guys at that time of, in your life, you would have been super, super dedicated. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, you know, I was the typical 18, 19 year old when I went to junior college and I got a lot out of it, but I was young and wild. Okay. use your imagination. You get the idea. And, uh, we all started in that movie at one time, unfortunately. So, (laughs) um, um, but like you said, when I went back, it was my money. It wasn't mom and dad's money or, or a scholarship or whatever. It was my money, you know, and a grant and good fortune. And because I had been out and applied everything and I was out of information, um, uh, I knew the value of the pearl, yeah, and I yeah, yeah. knew what a privilege it was to take a reading class with Putter Smith, and to study, you know, theory with Dave Posey, and to li- take air training from this guy, and take. Jazz combo from Carl Schroeder, who was Sarah Vaughn's piano player forever and a day. Even though he cursed everybody out and scared us all to death, we learned so much. And then and then and then to, and then to have Gary Willis as a private instructor. Yeah, you know, and 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 just steal Steve Bailey blind every time he wasn't looking, and <laughs> and and just cherry pick. And I was lucky because so many guys, when they come to MI, they they wind up coming to this place that has incredible fruit on the trees, but. They never, they're not ready to harvest that fruit. They're, they're yeah. busy tilling the ground and working on the fundamentals and working their way up. I already had a bunch of that just because I was 29 and I, I had experience. And so I knew exactly what I wanted and I went there and got it and it was there for me to get. And I've always been self motivated. So I went and got what I wanted. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, uh, I was, I was fortunate. Uh, I did extremely well. Uh, at the risk of sounding arrogant, you know, I, I, I qualified for the vocational or for the honors test, passed that, qualified for the vocational honors test, passed that, and got the outstanding student of the year award. Now that and four dollars get you coffee most places, but, <laughs> yeah. but but that was the best that I could do. And uh, fortunately for me, they they thought enough of me to have me around as a teacher after that. I was going to uh, say
0: because you actually ended up teaching at
1: MI, right? Yeah, I went right from being a student. Like I graduated, and two weeks later, I'm teaching. Teaching yeah, 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 yeah. So that, which was which was interesting, and uh, um, so, but and and in taking the positive side of the story, uh, my nine years as a teacher at MI was the greatest training that I could have. Better than anything I could have dreamt for because yeah. I got I, I was the I was the top call sub in the base schools for the first two or three years I was there uh, <laughs> before I had a full time before I had a, a regular position yeah. and so I they call me and go hey uh, so and so's got a studio call can you cover this class and I covered everything
0: so you like teaching reading theory.
1: Yeah. Air training uh, jazz fusion Pro class with Ralph Humphrey and Mike Miller uh, Scott Kinsey playing uh, jazz traditional pro series with all those guys with day and 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 seven for Jeff Berlin or seven for Gary Willis and and, and, and I'm in so far over my head. I mean, it, it's just a miracle. I mean, I, I don't know how I survived it. I was just probably too stupid to say no. You know, uh, I remember one day getting a call and they go, Hey, Mike Stern's in town and Lincoln Goines has got the flu. Can you, would you, you want to come down and play with him? Ah, <laughs> you know, and it's my day off and I'm like, uh, Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then on the way in the car on the way there, I'm going, Oh crap! What was I thinking? Mike Stern's going to hand me my ass, and now I've been there like five years already. And then I thought, wait a minute, Mike Stern's great, but he ain't going to play anything at me that Ron Este hasn't played at me a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, okay, cool, all right. Well, I'm just going to see how this is. And Mike looks at me. Now I'm I'm just I'm not being self deprecated I just I'm just being honest with. You. Excuse me. Allergy season here. I mean, I just look like a dumpy insurance salesman. I mean, I don't look like a, like a hot, hip musician. And so I'm walking in in jeans and a T-shirt and bald head. So you didn't and like, have
0: the long hair back then or anything? Like
1: no, that. Oh, no, no. My hair left me a long time ago, my friend. My and, dear, and, and I walk in and Stern kind of looks at me like, oh, okay, cool. you know, Because he don't know me. He don't know if yeah, I can yeah. play or not. He doesn't know if he's stuck with some MOOC, you know, and it's just going to be a long two-hour seminar for him. You know, yeah, he doesn't yeah, know. Yeah. And so we started playing, and about eight bars in, he, he started smiling. And a couple of choruses in, I started playing some bass and changes for him, some stuff, and he goes, that shit's great. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, and, and he was all smiled, and man, we just had a blast. And I was fortunate enough, uh, uh, two other times when he came back, he just said, "Hey, call Todd. Have Todd come down and play with me."
0: Really, a fantastic man. And
1: and 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 he remembered my name, at Nam. One year, I mean, I said, you know, he, you know, he just sees me for an hour or two once a year. You know, and he was just nice, man. How you doing, man? You sounded so good. It's good to see. And uh, seriously, really, you know. So so that, you know. So those kind of situations, you know, I got to play with. So many unbelievable people I had no business probably playing with, but I was there and I said yes and and other guys were busy or didn't want to or didn't pay enough and they were too cool and I'm not, so, <laughs> so you know, it was just, it, it was, it, 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 you know. Uh, how, how long were you there? So nine years was it? Nine years, yeah. I, I, I left in September 99. It was just, uh, there were some changes going on. It was starting to steal my joy. It was hard for me to leave because I felt like I owed the place so much because I got so much. Yeah,
0: because you got so, so oh. much from
1: it. Like, wh- yeah. when,
0: when you were talking, actually, about when you, when you went to MI, you, you said that you were a great emulator. You could, um, you could play the stuff, but you didn't know what you were actually doing. What was it when you were studying that really started to connect the dots?
1: Well, I, I went back and firmed up all my reading and my theory. Yeah. So I really knew, I, I really learned what a B flat 13 flat nine chord is for sure.
0: Yeah. And not notes like, not included I, in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really got confident in secondary dominance and flat five chords and altered scales and diminished. And I just, you know, some of it, I, I actually knew, but I wasn't sure. So if you don't have confidence, you sure don't play with confidence. And and there was a bunch of stuff that I could kind of execute that I kind of knew that I learned to really execute, and I really knew.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's a deal breaker. Um, Gary Willis cleaned up my technique like nobody's business.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was like
1: anchor <laughs> the thumb and ringing strings, and and I played real hard, and 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 Willis just you know just tore me apart and had me, you know, it was, it was, I, 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 he might, I don't know if he did this to you, but, but, know, I got my sixth string. So I'm anchoring on a pickup and I'm playing and he's sitting off to my right. And every time my B and E string starts ringing, he just reach over and go uh, and touch him. And I go, what? And, and then I play and then he, yeah, I mean, so he was just constantly reaching over and he goes, and, and then all of a sudden I heard it. Because I'm playing and I, I'm so... Yeah, because you're
0: and you not you're, you're only hearing the notes that you're actually playing, not the ones that are all droning underneath you.
1: Exactly. And and I'm playing too hard and the instrument's vibrating like crazy and there's just like this soundtrack going in the background that I don't even hear. And then all of a sudden it was like somebody pulled the cotton out of my ears and I went, oh, crap. <laughs> now, I had this like start over with my right yeah, hand. Yeah, did
0: you have to rebuild your right hand technique?
1: Yes, completely. And... And I tried Gary's three finger thing, which, if I was a real young bass player, I would have done that because that's the most. Gary's like Spock, you know that, right? He's like Spock on Star Trek. He's so uh, logical, and it's like he's smarter than the rest of us. He just is, or at least me. So, so, uh, so I I was able to take a two fingered approach, and I use a third finger when I play chords. You know, I use this, but. I I worked and worked and worked for about two months and it was like all I could do to play that major scale exercise and I went uh, okay I'm going to have to do without that and and hooker by crook but I got the floating thumb thing and so yeah, I do my you two use two the floating time. thumb don't you yeah big time yeah and so uh, and he just showed me the wisdom because his sound is just impeccable you know it just is and and. And, and so I learned to lighten my touch and build headroom and, and make ghost notes pop more and all that kind of stuff and then learning to play bass and chords over the years I, I've de- had to develop a good thumb sound that transitions smoothly between pizzicato and thumb so if you're gonna do that you can't play too hard with this or it's just the the, the contrast is too much yeah and, and so so I, I I've worked those things in most people don't get how hard that was because it just doesn't it doesn't seem like anything. It's a touch thing. And yeah, people don't it's a get touch it. thing, but it's something so, you got to shed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Willis taught me so much, and it was great because I could play, and I knew tunes, and so we would just play tunes, and then he would just teach me all the... Stuff about playing tunes and he'd go now I played this one with uh, Wayne Shorter and this change is wrong and I did I played <laughs> yeah. with Chick one time and he plays Windows this way and these changes are all messed up I don't know what the hell's in here and and between him and Ron Eshtay I got one of the hippest old penciled in real book things that yeah, it, it yeah. should go in the Smithsonian because I got I got all the stuff man I mean it's with it's the real
0: awesome. cards in
1: there yeah the real stuff and then now I just know all that stuff you know and uh, uh, but but, I mean, it's just great. It, hey, you know, something I want to pass on to everybody. Check, dig this, man. Half, half of this, you know, is perseverance and showing up. Absolutely, man. Do they, and, be, and being a pro. So, at the time when I studied with Gary, you got a half-hour lesson, right? And then, after I graduated, they switched to hour lessons. But, dig this. The kid, whoever this kid was... Uh, 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 before me, you know, like at 10 o'clock, and I had Gary at 10.30. Willis goes, you know, because I show, see, I would show up with coffee for me and a coffee with cream for Gary. I'm going to take care of this guy because I'm going to pick his brain for everything I can for this next year because I paid my money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and and out of respect and admiration for him, and, and, and he's like, hey, this kid shows up and brings me coffee. I love this kid. <laughs> and he comes in and we get to play. You know, and it was great. And so after about three weeks, he goes, hey, man, the kid at 10 o'clock half the time just doesn't show up. So show up at 10 o'clock, and if he doesn't show up, you can have his half hour and yours. So you were getting an hour. I was getting an hour. So I was getting an hour there, and then on Wednesdays, he had open counseling, which is just Gary Willis sitting in a room with six chairs and five amps, right? Yeah. And you can go in there and and just – Talk about anything, play anything, whatever you want to do, life, music, anything. So here's this treasure, this national, this world renowned treasure sitting there. And because we didn't have a required class till one o'clock, right, on yeah. Wednesdays, yeah. nobody showed up. I bet you did. Except me. <laughs> and and I, I was there at five minutes to 10 yeah. with two coffees one for Gary yeah. with cream, one black for me and i'd open him up and we'd sit there and i and he and i'd play tunes for 2 hours wow and and about about noon <laughs> about noon other people would show up and they'd just sit and listen or how, they'd watch. how long
0: did this go on for how long were we there for doing
1: this a year a year yeah wow yeah and then and then i would i would go uh uh you know run Eshtate. see when i got the sixth string one of the first things i did is go up to about the 13th fret, and on the B string, I play a low C, and I can reach up here and play a high E flat and go, hey, that's far enough apart. If I knew what to do in the middle, I could play bass and chords on this sucker, and it would sound great. I don't know how to do it, but I knew it was doable. Now, Ron Eshtay is one of the greatest seven-string guitar players ever. Period. End of story. And plays great bass. He's got a low A, and he does all this stuff. And I knew he knew how to do that really well. <laughs> and, and and he's you know he's the next best thing to Joe Pass. I mean, yeah. ever. I mean, there yeah. are one of them. I mean, there's a bunch of phenomenal cats as we, as we all know. But so I went to his open counseling. No other bass players went, and I thought. I can sit and play with this cat, yeah. and 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 he was thrilled because he didn't have to play bass for all the guitar players sitting in a room. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. 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 See, I'm smarter than I <laughs> look. And and so I would come in and and play Roots and Fists and walk and play the tunes, and I I could hear him doing all the stuff that wasn't in the real book, and I'd say, man, what is that that you're doing? And so I showed up with my real book, a pencil, and back then a Sony Walkman, and I had a bag full of tapes. Yeah. And I just recorded all that stuff, and I asked him questions. And he was great because he, sometimes he'd write stuff in my book. And other times he would go, well, man, you're Mr. Ear Training. Why don't you tell me what that is? Let's play it again. You figure it figure it out, man. And he, he worked me. And I was relentless because I just showed up, and I, I literally followed him. I was waiting for him when he came in the building. And I followed him around, and we went to class, and I buy him coffee, and we got to be friends. And I, I just... I was just gonna uh, treasure this, and halfway through the year, he called me into uh, uh, the Joe DiOrio office. It's like walking in and seeing the Pope. Right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 I walk in, and and he says to me, he says, "Hey, do you think you could play like an F blues? Do you think you could play like a bass line and keep the third and seventh happening?" And so we kind of fool around with it, and he said, "All you gotta have is that third and seventh. That's all I really need and keep the bass line going." And I said, "Well." And then, he, and then he did this, man. This is funny. We laugh about this to this day. He says, no, nah, that's probably too hard. You probably couldn't do that, could you? <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I'm half Irish, so my Irish is up. So it's like, all right, well, let me see what I can do. He says, well, great, I'll see you Monday. So I, 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 I go away, and I, I put that together. Do it. Do it. do it?
0: Grab the bass. If you want to yeah. grab the bass, you pull the headphones out.
1: I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you can you hear this? Yeah. Okay. So so I, I'm thinking, all right, I got a an F and I got third seventh and third and I, I'm going and and so I know that it just goes Okay and there's my B flat so I'm going uh and I gotta get here. You know, in coordination and seeing more than one note at a time for us bass players is just like dizzying. Totally but it took me a little while and i kind of went so i could go root fifth root and i could slide into this ooh <laughs> just playing down beats yeah just one to four now i got to go uh, oh i got how, how do i play c minor Oh crap! Where's the, How do you play that? And then it's like, you know, I put it together so pretty. You know, in in three months I'm playing. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. So all of a sudden, I got to working real hard on that. He's real happy. And he went around and went, good boy, good boy, good boy. And, and, and one of my teachers, the great Putter Smith, who, who's just a, a treasure, uh, played with Monk and the Beach Boys and got everybody. Uh, he was in Diamonds Are Forever. He's one of the main villains in Diamonds Are Forever. Really?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, he's the bald-headed guy with the little glasses, Mr. Kid, and Mr. Yeah, Wayne. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> Putter,
1: man. Yeah, and, and, and uh, so Putter had was out of town with uh, Diane Schur, and so uh, he was going to be on the road with her for a few weeks, so Rice s- took a chance and said, all right, I want you to play these gigs with me, and I've been playing with him ever since.
0: And that was where that, that relationship really kind of sort of like started. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and, and he just saw that I was going to work hard at, enough at it, and he had the idea of, you know, this instrument, doing what we're talking about. And and so he was patient with me as I learned it and was able to add more and more. Now I can't do that on anything. And how long, did it,
0: how long did it take you to get all the chordal stuff together so you felt really confident with it?
1: Uh, I got quite a bit together the first year. Yeah. Um And then it's just snowballed since. And, and it, it's... uh it's endless, man. Oh, it, it, absolutely. <laughs> it, yeah. It's and so so. How I got enough together where I was fooling people in a year, you know, <laughs> and, and, and uh, I was getting away with it in a year. And but I had the opportunity to do it because now all of a sudden our trio sounds like a quartet. Yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of things that that are advantageous for me and a guy like Ron because I play in those kind of styles primarily. Now I can play more stuff. Now I can get some 13s and sharp 11s and the odd flat 9 and, and and I know how to do stuff, but I know how to do it and hint at it and then go back to mostly thirds and sevenths and I create the illusion that I'm playing more than I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to but there's an art to that, you know. And and uh, uh but we got into where it, I could play thirds and sevenths so on on a dominant chord that gave him the freedom to play flat 9, sharp 9, flat 5, sharp 5. I mean, he could color it however he wanted. He could go into all his polychord stuff, yeah. which he's a master of, and and I couldn't get in his way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a really good guitar player or another really good piano player, they can hit all those 9s and 13s and all that stuff and, and paint him into a corner and make him play a certain way he may or may not want to play. So I gave him yeah. just enough support without painting him into a harmonic corner which he just thrived on so i was like a perfect foil for him and i was willing to work at it and and we just got to be dear friends and 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 we're both into it nuts man
0: it's so cool to know as well that he was like the star of that for you you know he was the guy that said could you do this and then you just ran with it and now you know x amount of years later that's like when i think of you i think about you know the walking bass lines with the chords and just that's what I think about it's just your sound yeah. isn't it you know when you it w- can be it yeah. can be What's yeah that? obviously you do a whole lot of other stuff as well yeah. when you were um, teaching obviously like when you started teaching at MI I can't even imagine the amount of students that must have come through your doors and and then after you left MI obviously you've been teaching all this time you work with a ton of students online as well doing Skype teaching can you talk about some of the common problems that you see students having and what they can do to get themselves you know, back on the right path. And that could be either playing problems or psychological problems as well when it comes to learning.
1: Yeah, um, that's, that's a great question. You're good at this, by the way.
0: I'm practicing, man. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm, yeah, a, I'm a good
1: student as well. <laughs> yeah. man, I Really, you know, you're the smartest guy I know because look at your successful business and 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 you you hang with it's perseverance the coolest people talk.
0: it's perseverance
1: <laughs> well you well yeah but 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 i mean you're smart and perseverant and i mean you're talking with rich brown and ed friedland and divinity and lawson and and you're talking with everybody that's that everybody loves and so you're 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 stealing from everybody i mean you're the smartest <laughs> guy i know man i mean that's awesome so i'm the best my head's thief you. i'm the best thief <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm stealing well, from my, everybody <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the the old saying is if you steal from one guy you're a thief if you steal from a hundred people it's called research yeah, yeah, yeah so you're a great researcher that's what you are yeah, yeah. well and, and you make all this available to everybody else who's self-motivated absolutely man. And, and then you've created a community of of humble self-motivated people that's the greatest thing going so you know
0: yeah i think community is God a huge part of, you know for me personally, like community is when it comes to learning anything is just so cool because it makes it so much more fun, <laughs> you know, right. because you've got people to talk to it about. They're having yeah. the same problems, you know, they're struggling with the same stuff. You're like, I'm trying to do this. And they're either one struggling with it as well. So that's great. You can struggle with it together. Or two, they might have the answer for you to, to fix you, you know. So it's a win-win <laughs> situation, whichever way you yeah. look at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I went off on a rabbit trail there, but just admiration and appreciation <laughs> he, he on you. Um, uh, what was the question? Uh, oh, uh, common things that I that I see. I, I think m- most of the people that I most virtually everyone that comes to me is is reasonably serious. Yeah, and and those that aren't there. There's folks. I very rarely do I get people that aren't ready for me, but once in a while I do, and that's why I interview everybody. And it's like, you know what? I, you need to do some other stuff and then come back, and then I'd be thrilled to help you. You know, you're just not ready to make the commitment that makes sense for you to spend the money and the time investment that I'm going to require. Yeah. So, so that's been good. But and I got as long as people are willing to work, I'm in all day long. And the minute that they don't, then I lose patience. You know. So um, uh, and then I'm not a good fit, <laughs> but but what I see two things psychologically, most of us don't know how to practice. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, um, and I I've been at this 37 years, and I'm still learning how to practice better and, and be more efficient and troubleshoot and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of people, you know, it's the old saying of. They've tried something, gotten crappy results, and continue trying that, expecting different results. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the definition of insanity. And I'm amazed at how that has, well, it's not fair to blame that on musicians because all professions do that. Everybody doesn't. Yeah, yeah. but, 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 you know, so a, a, a cup. hold on for a second. get my props here. My Props. <laughs> props are just out of arm's reach. A couple of things that, that I recommend to everybody, and I've talked about this on, on some of the seminars and stuff that we've done. Oh, in the academy. One, yeah, yeah, One is the, in the academy. I'm sorry. The, the, uh, the, the Practicing Mind is, 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 is a great book on learning. It's, it's related at music, but it's really about, just to break it down to its essence, is it's really about learning to focus and don't worry about what happened in the past and get over the idea that, well, I bought this many bases and I spent this much money and I've been at it this many years and I should be, that's just wasted energy and it just takes you away and distracts us all from working on A flat yeah. and D flat and the blues <laughs> and, and, and G or whatever it is that we should be working on that's actually going to get us there. And And when we learn to focus on the task at hand Okay. We can accomplish these things that are out here in the future with fluid ease because it's the focus. Because if we just repeat successful habits day in, day out, in short order, these things out here in the future take care of themselves. Yeah. And we can't do anything about the stuff in the past. So this is a great, great skill and it's helped a bunch of it's helped me and it's helped all my guys that have read it and studied it. I I've I've read this on audio. By
0: Thomas Stern, who is it, yeah? Thomas Sterner, yeah. The yeah. practicing and mind. practicing mind. Developing focus and discipline in your life. Like, it's something that I um, definitely hit on when I started getting really serious about playing bass is that I really felt that practicing, it's something you almost have to practice. You've got to practice practicing, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, it's like,
0: it's not a natural thing really to do for me personally. Like even though I'm quite a, I'm a really analytical guy and I'm a very obsessive guy. I'm like an OCD type character, right? But it's still to sit there day after day after day after day after day, for months and months and months and years and years and years. It's not so natural to do that, right? But no, it's, 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 it's not. Yeah. I'm sorry. You, if you get, if you kind of sort of like build it sort of like into your habits so you don't have to kind of talk yourself into it, it just, it feels so much better for me personally, you know, for me personally.
1: Well, and it takes, I mean, like I could sit down and practice eight hours a day because I, I know what I need to work on. Yeah. But I didn't know that 30 years ago. I, I was just, like, running around chasing my tail. Yeah. I was like willing pra- to work, hard, but I didn't know now what to do. for me is
0: so much easier than it was when I first started out because I practiced it so much.
1: Now, the, the, the other compliment that I use and require all my students now is this book called The Practice of Practice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay? And, I mean, it's like, man, they're going to think we scripted this. This yeah. is awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: Who wrote that then?
1: Yeah. Uh, this is by uh, Jonathan... J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-Harnum, H-A-R-N-U-M.
0: Wicked. Oh, and that is obviously about music because it's got a music stand on the, yeah. front the cover.
1: And and I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, or, or just I I have this kind of cliche imagery in my mind about practicing. I think a lot of other people do. It's like you're in you're in this dank practice room with the wire music stand and an old, nasty, not very good metronome, <laughs> metronome. and some kind of a method book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a, I I can see a Rubanks method trumpet book, and I'm a kid, and, and it's like you're forced because <laughs> your parents told you you had to. And that's the imagery that comes up with practice. Yeah. And that can be part of it for a lot of people, but there's so much that goes into practice. Small bites, going slow, programming in popular. Frankly, just playing, just playing yeah, is part yeah. of practice. Uh, listening is part of practice. There's there's a whole bunch of components that go into not just practice, but really learning music. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so it's not just practice practicing this defined diamond in front of a metronome with a method book kind of practice. It's <laughs> its all the components that go into making you... Because I know transcribing was a big part of my practice. Oh, Taking geez, the time oh, yeah. and putting in the repetition of tra- learning these transcriptions. These transcriptions written on paper are great, but it's whipped cream on horse manure if you can't play it. <laughs> yeah, 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 you, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, there, I know a lot of guys say, I transcribed Michael Brecker. can you play it? Well, no. But, well, then... Good for you. What are you going to go to a gig and show somebody the paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Come on, you know. Let's think that through. So there's, and, and this guy is a professional trumpet player and guitar player, and he and he did great research. He gives sources, which is cool, and he says, "Here's what I discovered," because he put it all into practice. And here's how it worked for me, or here's how it didn't work for me, or here's what I noticed. And it's brilliant. And I'm studying this one. I'm listening to it over. I'm an audiobook guy, man. I, I don't listen to the crap on the radio, the, the talk radio and stuff. And there's, uh, other than usually the classical station. I love classical music. I listen to some of that. But most of the time, I'm listening to an audiobook.
0: Yeah, me as well, man. I'm huge
1: on audio yeah, and and so I just absorb this stuff, and I just listen to it over and over again. Like I said, I'm not smart, but I persevere. And and if you listen to it over and over enough, pretty soon it just becomes part of your vernacular, you know. And and uh, so these two have been really good. I, I can't recommend these highly enough. So that's the mental thing that I know that I help people with. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is is just making a plan, and 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 teaching people the fingerboard. People learn. Uh, bass players, we tend to learn areas of the bass and uh, some keys and some scales and 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 because it's, I mean, it, it, it's such a the the blessing of the bass is that it's tuned and forced and it's pattern oriented. Yeah. The curse of the bass is that it's tuned in exactly force and forced and it's the pattern oriented. Yeah, yeah. So so you know in 5 minutes you can learn to tune it and learn to play E A and a B and play Louie Louie and be in a band and have fun and that's a blessing. Yeah. That's also a curse because that's as far as most guys go and think they're cool and then they get on the internet and and different places and they just get a couple of bites of this and they learn a trick and then after a while it it's a it's an empty trick. Yeah. And then they're stuck and they're not sure how to continue on and that's where your site and my videos and and the the internet's kind of like the 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 base in the fact that you know you can the good news is that you can you can you can put a lot of great instruction up there and the Absolutely. bad news is that there's a lot of crappy instruction up there too. Absolutely, and the, yeah. the hard part for most everybody is wading through the manure to get to the meadow. Yeah, 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 and and and, uh, um, and that's why uh, uh, your site is such a great service and the courses. And I got a, I, I've got right now, I've got walking base broke up into three. So you learn this much with triads and chromaticism and some a little bit of scale approach and chromaticism. You learn those bites, and you know the uh, the success in practicing is you know how do you eat an elephant? Same way you eat a chicken, one bite at a time. Yeah, yeah absolutely and 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 so the secret is to give people bite-sized chunks and give them enough just just about as much as they can handle let them chew that up and then bring them back and let them chew that up and keep them focused in a direction and and uh and man i've had great success with for the people that can harness themselves and Let go of the past and don't worry about the future and just sit down and, you know, those cycle videos that I was promoting and those have gone like hotcakes. And it's great because every week I get videos saying, wow, this is simple, but this is brilliant, man. I'm actually dealing with what I call the swampland area, the, you know, fret 7
0: to 12, 12. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that nobody knows. And then like the last five up here, which everybody's afraid they're going to get a nosebleed. (laughs) So I make every – those exercises, those videos just get you – it's the same stuff up, up or down a couple more frets. What's the big deal? Yeah, yeah. And once you just learn to just cross through there, it's friendly territory. You're not going to sink in quicksand. But the key to really playing and being free is to know that fingerboard. If you know, if you know, seriously, if you know major, minor, and dominant, and you know the arpeggios and the scales, and you know it in 12 keys all over the instrument. Music gets a lot easier.
0: It sure does, man. <laughs> you know, if you know
1: the whole alphabet, reading and writing, it's a whole lot easier. Yeah. And so many guys go, well, now I'm just going to learn like the first seven letters, and then I'm done. I'm not going to because I, you know, and, and it's just it's amazing how it's just a little bit more work. So I get people on, uh, I, I I attack their mind here you know, attack their mind. I encourage them with this yeah. and, and, and I, I, just, I just seen the results. There's a lot of good, I mean, Victor has a great book. There's Everless masters, other things. The, I love those books. They're great, but they're, I don't know. I, I'm real, I'm a real simpleton and these, these really speak to me. They're just simple and, and to the point. And, and I don't have to think too much to understand these. So <laughs> I, but I, love the, I, I recommend those books highly as well. Um, but I get people doing that. We learn the cycle. We learn some major, minor, and dominant. We get a little tech, a little bit of technique, just enough. We start understanding just enough theory to where it doesn't weigh us down, doesn't keep us from playing. Yeah. And yeah. then we work on. Then we work on learning how to take that kind of simple information and construct and create jazz walking basslines. I was actually now, going
0: to talk about walking basslines because something. That i really recommend that any bass player does whatever music you're into if you really want to get your bass playing to the next level you've got to start looking at walking bass lines because for me personally that's what really helped me learn the learn the fretboard you know it just it really did you know because there's no getting away from it you have to know the fretboard to be able to play good walking bass and bass lines would you agree
1: Totally, I, 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 it's like you—they're gonna think we scripted this, Scott. I mean, um, <laughs> now, now this may be an oversimplification, and feel free to disagree. Um, but in my simple way of thinking, once you know, once you can improvise, good, solid doesn't have to be uh, Ron Carter or Ray Brown lines, but good, solid, manipulate your way through standards yeah. and jazz tunes, and and. and and imply and portray and groove, okay, and improvise lines over standards, then playing anything else is a matter of editing in the discipline of the style and generally editing out harmony. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And so, and and that's not to say that, well, you know, Latin music, which is primarily, actually everything else is primarily root and fifth oriented, as <laughs> yeah. we know, but, but, uh, uh, you know, th- there's great nuance in all the Latin styles, but it's primarily root and fifth oriented, and then putting in the discipline and the stylistic discipline of those grooves. Yes. And, 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 and so that's one thing. And, but I, I, I I'd like to explain it this way. Once you learn jazz and how to improvise bass lines, and then learn to play some melodies, and then learn to improvise melodically, that's like just putting money in your checking account. But uh, I think of it as, as currency in your harmony account. Yeah, Yeah. And, 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 you know, I might be on a job, uh, like today, I'm playing a co- essentially a cocktail 90 minutes for the Arizona State School of Business. And they got a bunch of, you know, business boys over there having cocktails and hors d'oeuvres. And I'm playing with a great trio in the corner. We're playing Girl from Ipanema and uh, Shadow of Your Smile yeah. and, you know, and, you know, take the A train or whatever, you know, business bands bounce and it's cool. And we're just calling tunes and keys. So, uh, uh, but. I might also be on another gig where I'm playing a bunch of Latin things. I'm playing mambos, you know, I'm playing all those, you know, sambas, bosses, and really playing all that stuff right. I might be subbing on a gig and we might be doing some pop tunes. Now, if I got currency in my Harmony account and I'm asked to play a cool fill or a solo or the the guitar player uh, broke a string and I got to carry it for a couple of choruses and keep everybody engaged while he changes a string or something. I can do it. You've got it all man. day long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or if he has got to run out to his car and get something, I got solo pieces. I, me and the drummer can handle it, and and nothing will fall apart. I've done it many times. I, I had I did a New Year's Eve gig a couple of years ago. Man, piano player shows up. She's the singer, and her keyboard just died.
0: Um, it
1: just <laughs> died. And so so I said I, I, I said this. I said uh, I, her husband says I'm going to run. home, I said go home and get her her other keyboard. And her and I and a drummer played the whole first set on New Year's Eve, and it was standards, you know, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I just she I just said call tunes and keys. I got this, and I just played bass and chords and did the stuff and accompanied the crap out of her, and we did roboto things and into ballads and 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 did the whole thing. And I I could solo and 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 put enough of it together. Everybody was fine. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Now
1: it was better overall for the overall night. As soon as she got her piano, and then it was more, but. But it was okay, so I had to write a big ass check that night, <laughs> okay. And but I was able to do it, and I don't say that to say, Well, look at me, I'm cool, I got currency, but but it's nice to have that, and that's what learning all that stuff does for you. And if so, if you're you're a guy going, Man, well, you know, you and your jazz stuff, yeah, 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 but I'm a funk guy, man. That's the thing, well, well
0: I think some, pe- some people don't join the dots, they think, I don't really want to play jazz, but I'm just like, No, this is it, this is it, you've got to do it because it'll be. It'll be- so good for your playing, you know. <laughs> well, you, you,
1: you'll you'll you know you, you'll learn to play some lines. Yeah, and 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 nobody needs to teach you to sit down and and and, and loop stuff. Everybody knows how to do that.
0: Yeah, you know? and and like if Just... you look at all the bass players, you know, like look like Mark, how, like you know a bass player like Marcus Miller or Pino Palladino or you know all of these guys. Do, have they looked into walking bass lines? No. Like, you know, Pino Palladino isn't playing walking bass lines. Marcus Miller, he, you know, isn't, when you listen to his record, he's not playing walking
1: bass lines. But those guys
0: have studied that stuff. You know, and I'm let's always our, telling people to Let's take to our do friend that.
1: Gary Willis, who's, who's this funky, a human being, you know, fingerstyle funk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's just crazy, pissed off, fusion funk. It's a good it? yeah. It's, it's cr- crazy. And Gary can probably he, he knows tons and tons of tunes and melodies and can walk and just scare you to death, man. Yeah. you know I mean, I, I guarantee you Marcus and Pino and Stanley and Victor and all, all of those great cats, you know. There, there are some guys that are stylists and they do their thing. You know, I get that. And that's totally cool, yeah, too. Yeah, like, I suppose, but for
0: instance, like, Rocco, Pre- yeah, Rocco Prestia, for instance. Right. He probably right. hasn't studied walking bass lines, you know. He might right. have. I don't know. But, you know. But I know there is, like, outliers. But, for instance, like, James Jameson, 100% played upright, right? You know, it's like the, 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 the evidence is there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, his son... His son and all the history, everybody says, yeah, they were playing jazz standards for forever and a day. And then Barry Gordy came and put all those guys to work and then there you go.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jameson's so. son said that, he was telling me this, Danny Mo Morris mentioned it yesterday when I was speaking to him. He said he was interviewing um, James Jameson Jr. And he said his dad wouldn't let him play electric before he had played upright for, I think something like three or five years. Basically, just to get the walking lines down, he's like, "You've got to get cool. that down, and then you can do the." You know, then you can do that. Right. But you really wanted him to learn that, you know, learn it, the instrument.
1: There, there's another guy. Look at, look at Danny. Now he's yeah, he's yeah. an R and B uh, Jamerson funk Fender savant. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. But, but Danny knows piles of standards and solos his ass off. And yes. and and uh, look at look at uh, Rich Brown. Yeah, come on! Yeah, I know. I know. You know. I know. You know. I, you know. Come on! I mean, just everybody. So, uh, so, so, if you, if you get your mind, you learn the fingerboard. You, you learn to. You learn. You study the jazz harmony in the application. Then, then go apply it and invent something new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I got one of my former students, a guy named Brian Allen. You should check him out if you have it. He's like I'll flavor of the money He's a beast. He's a beast. Brian, he's a great player. Oh, Brian was my student, man, and and uh uh and just a great guy. And he's playing with Robin Ford and he's in Nashville playing old Gibson's and playing country sessions and and just he everybody loves him. Roy vote, you know Roy? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Roy sends me a note and says Man, he says. He says, I don't know what you taught him, but man, that young man is one of my favorite young bass players. So well done. And I said, I I don't know. I just tried to keep him in bounds because he was just a he was a racehorse. All I did was keep him in bounds. Yeah, yeah, keep him, yeah. You know. So, but but Brian plays on, and he can play. his – took us off, man. He can play yeah. anything. You know. So it's just you know there there's 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 that, and then obviously reading. You know. Absolutely, yeah. Re- yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm going to confess to you, my reading's been up, my reading's been down, but, you know, reading is, is critical because I can go sight-read a big band gig, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I can, you know, uh, but I also know a pile of tunes. Do you think reading and,
0: helps because it also gives you a visual representation of the rhythm sometimes? I think I, yeah. I think that when I really got into reading, it just, it helped my rhythm you know, just, oh. be, just seeing it on the page, seeing the subdivisions, you know, seeing the one, e and at uh, you know, and, and seeing that in conjunction with an actual line, with a bass line. I love that book. What's that Jameson book? Standing in the Shadows of Motown. I think that's a great reading book, you know, just because great yeah. bass lines, syncopations all over the place because it's Jameson. Oh, and yeah. I learned a lot about reading just using that book.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's monstrous, yeah. And, and I like the fact that the lines were played, so if I didn't get it right, I could hear how it was supposed to be and go, oh, that's what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've always liked doing a bunch of that kind of reading where I could pan a guy out. I mean, you know, a good place for people to start is uh, – you know, like a jamerson or a jamerson jamie abersold kind of thing yeah yeah with like rufus yeah. reed playing the b-flat blues and there's a book that comes with it where all the bass lines are written yeah. out yeah it's quarter notes come on man practice those things identify some notes get together and play along with rufus yeah i it think will what, not
0: hurt. reading walking bass lines is fantastic because they're just quarter notes so you can you know you can figure out you know you can focus on the notes you know instead of the rhythm and then, yeah. like, when I was also learning um, to read and, and getting my reading together, I used to focus on just reading rhythms, actually. And I think there's a, right. the famous Louis Belson book. I can't remember. His. Right. Ah, everybody talks about it. W- where it's just it's a snare drum book, right? Right. But you just sort of, like, use it just to get your rhythms together. So I used to read walking bass lines to get my notes together. And then I right. used to read this, use this snare drum book to get my rhythms together and then sort of like bring the two together. It was, you know, like my reading's a bit rusty now. I haven't read any shows for, man, months. But it's, I think it's... But it comes
1: back quick. Yeah, it comes Yeah,
0: absolutely. Back and I do think it is. It is so helpful as well as students just even learn a little bit of reading so they can get a magazine and open a magazine, and if it hasn't got tablature in the back, they can enjoy the lessons in the back,
1: you know. You know what, c- can I say this, and I'm probably going to anger some people, but man, I wish they'd do away with tablature. I just think, I think, fellas, I get it because, you know, it's in some of my books because the publishers insist on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But why did I make a video you can look on the video and see how <laughs> yeah, I played it. Come on, figure it, it yeah. out, man. You <laughs> yeah. know, and 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 not and and I understand sometimes it's hard to know did he play the C here or here or here. I get that. Yeah. But I know guys that spend all their time reading everything in tabs. I get people that email me going, Hey, do you have tabs for all your methods? No. Yeah yeah, 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 learn to read it because I've been doing this for 37 years and done all kinds of different gigs and I've never been handed tab on a gig once <laughs> <Yeah>. ever <laughs> ever you know and so not that you couldn't you know and you can figure it out in two minutes but if you know how to read that's going to come in handy all over the place and I, I don't want to be the tab Nazi I, I don't mean to be that way I don't mean to insult anybody but but I just hate to see you pour money down that rat hole, man. I mean, you just you I, I you know, here and there I suppose it could help with a certain thing. But man, learn to read. Learn to read.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you, man. I'm like, I really, really recommend that everybody learns to read. Even if they don't if they don't want to be sort of like a crazy sight reader, that's cool, you know. Yeah. But just learn to read a little bit just to get by, just so you can you can pick this stuff up because it's music, notation gives you so much more information than tab. You know, yes. just numbers
1: on the, You know, you know, at, at at one point in my life, I transcribed more Ray Brown than you can shake a stick in. Uh, you know, he—if I had to pick one, one upright player, it's Ray Brown. Yeah, I, I mean, I, absolutely. I, I, yeah, for yeah. me, and I love Rufus Reed and I really love Rufus Reed because I got to know him a little bit, and 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 obviously PC, and 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 there's a list that Dave Hollins and uh, all the guys. I, I love everybody, but but. I recently, somebody sent me a link. Oh, no, a, a piano player friend of mine bought me. Dig this. It's a book of Ray Brown transcriptions, like 17 tunes. Somebody transcribed the whole thing, and here's the recordings that it comes from. And it's like, oh, man, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Have no, you so, been looking it? Have you been shedding it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just fun. And it's sitting in my pile because I, I just... Not, I'm not making excuses. I, I've I've had a bunch of other really positive things that I'm I've invested my time in, and uh, but later this summer, I, I, I'm going to be deep in the shed, it's, and don't you going, dare bug me, It's man, coming out. It's
0: coming out. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so I'm going to go back into some of those, and and I stole some stuff recently, some some real fun stuff that I play on a gig, and you know, stole a bunch of Ray Brown, then do my sad ass versions of it. But but uh, you know, it's it's that that stuff's magic. And if I couldn't read, I couldn't figure that out.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Man, we've been uh, ranting about reading, haven't we? Do you think anybody knows that we want them to read yet? <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> I think I hope we've so. got the point of walking bass lines and reading. Todd, before I let you go, I need to talk about gear, because I always forget to, t- to ask people about gear. I'm a, what 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 basses are you playing? I know it's the Zon, isn't it? But what what
1: is it? Yeah, because is it. it. Looks I, I play epic, one bass. It looks epic. I play one bass. This is my... This is my baby. This is uh, this is a TJ6H, the headless one. Yeah. This is uh, a 32 inch scale. Oh. Right? Everybody goes 32 inch scale.
0: And the B sounds massive, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah,
1: it does. Is it a and neck through? Yeah, it's a set neck. Oh, got you. Set neck, but it's these uh, uh, carbon fiber necks, which have graphite in them but they're not graphite necks or carbon fiber so what all all's joe on will tell me is that there's graphite and there's some kind of wood in there i think it's a sawdust okay i could be could be wrong because yeah. it's a resin. Uh, by the time it's all, it's a me- and and then and then I, then he starts being a smartass and saying, "Well, it's it's eye of newt and bat wings and and it's like <laughs> Colonel Sam's secret recipe. He won't tell you what's in the that because that's the has. <laughs> But but you know, like uh, uh, what's the bass Steve Lawson plays? Oh, uh, uh, Modulus. Modulus. Modulus makes great instruments. Uh, those are great instruments, yeah. but they're all graphite, and they have. Although Steve gets he's he's a mad scientist man. He's like the Thomas Dolby of bass. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. He gets a beautiful such a beautiful sound. Although I think he could play the telephone book and make it sound. Absolutely,
0: so, yeah, he yeah. could, yeah.
1: So, but I've played those and I played some other all graphite things cuz I like the idea of the stability, but they had kind of that 1k kind of eh and yeah, yeah, yeah. and you and which which is is great for certain types of music. And the kiss of death for others. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very specific thing. And for what I do, it, it was like, eh. So uh, uh, it. It, it, it didn't work. A too for me. honky. Yeah, and and this thing, these have a warmth mixed with the stability. So this was the this was the sweet spot for me and what I like. Now everybody, right. everybody likes something different. So, uh, but uh, I've been from here in the desert. To Belém in Brazil, which is the mouth of the Amazon in the rainforest, and everybody's bases were going nah, crazy, and mine's just straight as a string. And then I fly from there all the way back to the desert and take it out of the case. It's in tune, it's straight as a string. I don't have to touch the thing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the The body is Guanacost and Myrtlewood. Myrtlewood oh, top. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's similar to a. Uh. Maple and uh, I'm blanking out. I'm having a senior moment. Uh, mahog- anyway. Ma- anyway.
0: Mahogany or something like that? Or
1: no, older? it's... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm blanking out. I'll, I'll, it'll come to me after we hang out. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> um, but it has those similar... Uh, those That similar tonal characteristics. It's similar, not exact, but similar. But it's so much lighter. So this whole base weighs eight pounds.
0: That's super light, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So, so because of all the, you know, the joys backs of and, aging yeah, 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 and backs yeah. and stuff, this, this, this came of that. Now, luckily, like I said, I got my CPAP machine and my body shield up. Yeah. And now I feel good, but I also have this too. So I, I, I've gone 32 inch scale. I'm not going back.
0: Now, were it, you worried before, when you went 32? Were you, were you a bit, you know,
1: hesitant no, about I, it? No, I knew. I knew it would be great. I knew it would be great. I had played some 33s and some 32s, and Joe Zahn knows his business as much as anybody. And he said 32s about as far as I want to go because then it's diminishing returns after that. Yeah. I play a 135 B-string, Yeah. so you got to have some mass there. But it's just set up so nice, it feels incredible. So if you're a really aggressive, hard player, that 32-inch scale B-string is not going to work for you, but I know how to play with some touch, and I get that sucker to sing. Okay. yeah it probably now, helps because you
0: play the other strings lightly as well, don't you? yeah yeah, yeah. there
1: on. you go. So if you don't treat it like a bastard stepchild, then you know then then you can coax some sound out of these instruments, but what I really gained was warmth and sustain on the C string really oh, because yeah yeah yeah, oh. yeah. so yeah, yeah. so what one taketh away the other giveth yeah, you know yeah and it, it, it's a cool thing, so uh you know I've got uh, uh radius Bartolini's and I got a Aguilar preamp in there, and uh it's straight ahead, man you know it's just, it's balanced, it sits at two o'clock. I don't have to touch it i don't have to why uh, push did go, net, why or, did
0: he go headless
1: uh weight was it uh, yeah. balance uh wear and tear on the body i yeah. I was just trying to get rid of anything extraneous yeah uh I've been trying to do that on a lot of levels. <laughs> uh, 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 Frankly, you know, and just I'm trying to do a few things and do them real well.
0: Yeah. Todd and I are talking about Todd's gym and I've been wanting to go to the gym. This is the year, Todd. I'm going to get my gym in together this year. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I, I had to, one. I was like I said, I was feeling bad and, and I was in pain and, and, I, and I, I felt like I got a second chance. And it's like I had to make it a priority.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, for some people, there, there are guys that are in great shape. But they haven't made music the priority that they need to make the commitment to grow. And I had, frankly, I just neglected my body. I sat on my butt and practiced learn learned how to play because that <laughs> yeah. was my priority. Um, uh, but uh, learning as we age to seek a little balance and trying to look at the, the long term and the big picture uh, – I, I got to take care of all this stuff, or, or I'm going to cack early, and uh, I, I can't help anybody if I'm dead.
0: <laughs> no, you so, can't. Y- y- yeah, and it's good I to be really, a student. We were talking really about positive. earlier.
1: It's good to be a student yeah. again. Yeah, it? yeah, it's cool to yeah. learn. Taking yoga and working with a trainer three days a week, and and uh, you know just trying to get positive and eating healthy, and and uh, there's a few things that matter in my life: my uh, God, and and my family, my wife, and 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 my health yeah because if i if those things aren't in order the other stuff i could be the greatest bass player in the world and i'm miserable
0: yeah yeah absolutely so
1: those three are the priority and then and then working on you know trying to really trying to realize my potential
0: pushing forward
1: yeah and moving forward as a as a as a musician and a and a teacher and 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 those two kind of balance it. My, my teach my playing makes my teaching better and my teaching makes my playing better so that's kind of yeah. one intertwined thing and and i'd lie i'd be lying if i told you i wasn't competitive about this at one time in my life and and now there's those 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 memes that say you know i'm just trying to be better than i was yesterday i'm not trying to compete with anybody and i have finally grown <laughs> up enough to where i'm finally that way i'm not trying to be better than anybody i'm just trying to I, I just want to play. I want to keep improving. And the exciting part is with this new lease on life, and improved health, and weight loss, and all this kind of stuff. And getting out of this chronic pain, um, I am getting better.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I play a, I think I play a whole bunch better now. You than will I did do. Two months ago, you know, which is which is great. And and I, you know, I've always kind of moved in in two year chunks where I get a I get a bite of something and I go, Hey, I'm gonna. Hey, I I see how they go. But I, I can only, I only get a little taste and then I got to like shed it and muscle memory it to death. Yeah. And then two years later, all of a sudden it's just part of my DNA. Yeah, it's
0: fully man. absorbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and there's stuff that I, I got bites of recently that they'll, they'll, they'll start manifesting themselves in a couple of years, Same thing you know, Find plus yeah, yeah. longevity. So, you know, that's the, that's the idea. So
0: Todd, where yeah. can people find you?
1: uh www.toddjohnsonmusic.com got a whole pile of downloads uh, uh uh we do i do online you call them skype lessons i use go gotome- gotome-
0: to me meet- you go to me to survive yeah yeah yeah
1: and, and that's worked really good for me uh this has worked great for us uh uh so i have a little more faith in, in skype i just had bad experiences it just kept crashing on me you know years ago yeah go to me has been man. really stable and Eh, You know, it's a business expense. I can write it off, but it's free to students. And so, um, you know, I I do that. I like to help people get focused and headed in a direction. And uh, I I have a reasonable. I got a good track record and I got a pile of guys that I didn't ruin, you know. (laughs) Well, oh, as, as, as I
0: said, man, you're right. one of my favourite educators and I learned a tonne of stuff from you when I was, you know, and I learned a tonne of stuff from you now. I was watching one of your seminars in the academy the other day, actually, on oh. chords. I told you I'm a really good thief. So, <laughs> but oh, what I'll do, yeah. Todd, is I'll link Todd's website up in the show notes of the podcast. So I'll put some videos of you playing, Todd, and I'll also put a link to um, Todd's website so you can check out all his teaching materials and his books. He's got books on walking baselines chords has got downloads on standards and i'll let you guys go check it. it out for yourself it's super super cool todd you're an absolute diamond mate thank you so much for thank you. Out with thank, thank you so
1: much for having me thanks I, i'm honored to be part of your community man so ladies and gentlemen anywhere. and bass hey, players on,
0: mr todd johnson oh the hey, cat's coming hey. up we've got to get the cat in
1: look, look who just showed up somebody just woke up hey. this is nat hey buddy <laughs> look at my boy all What's right, his name again? What's his name? Nat, Nat like Matt King Cole.
0: Matt King Cole, awesome. I
1: got a backyard full of quail. He's just back. He'll be back there at the back window, going <laughs> <of the bank. laughs>
0: I Epic. Todd, yeah. take it easy, man. All See right. you in a bit. Thank you, brother. See you later, All guys. Right. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys, hopefully you enjoyed that interview with the great Todd Johnson, one of my favourite bass educators of all time, and I'm absolutely over the moon to have him involved in the academy over at scottsbassessons.com. Remember, if you are an academy member, you can check out all of his past seminars that he's done in the seminar archive, and I'll put links to his website as well in the show notes. In fact, I'll put some videos in there as well so you can check out Todd playing. He is a badass. Now, remember, if you're an Academy member, you can also watch the entire video version of that interview as well. And if you're not already an Academy member, what's going on? Come on, get on it. You can go over to scottsbassessons.com and grab your 14-day free trial. Just to see if it's for you, it's the best online platform for bass players in the world in, ter- in terms of education. There's step-by-step courses, live seminars every week, the largest online bass educational community in the world, the whole nine yards. Now, enough of that, who have we got next week? Well, next week we've got the amazing Damien Erskine, who I've been following for years, He's a super, super cool bass player and, on top of that, a super cool guy. He's played with the Jaco Pastorius big band. He's played with a ton of artists. His uncle is the amazing Peter Erskine, who played with Weather Report and and uh, jaco pastorius um steely dan diana crowell um, and damien talks about his his uncle's influence in the interview and when he went to berkeley and the whole the whole thing i think you're going to really enjoy next week's episode i'm you know i did (laughs) anyway as always guys take it easy and i'll see you in the shed